what has interested me for a while and not really jumped out as much as it should have and as much as it recently has that a lot of this is actually due to my producer's research and a lot of stuff that they wanted to see and a lot of topic that they wanted me to touch on and bring forth and get into as much as I could. So a lot of this is thank you, Cirrus, for bringing this to my attention. And a lot of this has to do with what you heard at the beginning. And if that sounded like an anthem, like something you should be marching to, it was. It is a national anthem. It is a national anthem of France. And I want to say it's La Marseille or something along those lines and I could be butchering that and I apologize to all my French listeners I could be butchering the heck out of that so I apologize but a lot of the research they did and I did as well they did a lot of this research and they sent a bunch of it to me so a lot of this is going to be from uh, the Ancien Regime and a lot of this is going to be from the Wikipedia and other French articles and other French sources and stuff like that so a lot of it has to do with some sort of like trying to figure out what i'm reading at here and trying to translate it now i don't speak french i'm not fluent in it but i know enough of it to to be able to understand some of it to be like some people walk by me when i'm doing my job or walking about through the day and some people walk by me and they're talking french i could pretty much understand what they're saying not get every little tiny detail, but I can understand what they're saying. And I know a bit of enough to be able to to converse somewhat intelligently or fluently in it. And I mean not quickly, not rapidly, like like um native Parisians or native French. I I can't communicate that quickly and that fluently in it. But I know a little bit enough of it to be able to understand what they're trying to say. So a lot of this has gotten very, very interesting to me and a lot of just interesting studies on it. And Cirrus is her, she, her heritage. She's, see her name, C-E-R-Y-S. Her name, Cirrus, is actually Welsh. And it means love. And um, she's not her distant heritage. She's, her distant heritage is French and wealth wealth and well <laughs> and welsh and so she's she speaks it she speaks french rather fluently and it's just to me it's always struck me it's just a beautiful language and yes it's one of the romance languages but it's 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 just a beautiful language and usually when you hear someone's name or you hear someone say something it just sounds prettier in french it all it, at least it does to me so I've, I've done a little bit of research on my own, and some of my producers have looked it up. And we're going to talk about the French Revolution, and what brought it about, and why, why this was, is such prominent, why it is so interesting. And the one thing that occurred to me after they brought it up was Les Miserables. Did it actually occur during the French Revolution? Well, yes and no. It occurred during the French Revolution, but not the French Revolution. Not what, if you Google it or you look it up and you look up French Revolution, you're not going to see that Les Miserables actually occurred during what's typically known as the French Revolution. 
when by that I mean the French Revolution of 1789, it actually occurred during the Bourbon Restoration around 1815 to 1830, and the very beginning of the July Monarchy. So, I'm going to get into that, I'm going to touch on that and get into that in a little bit. But what I'm going to touch on right now is the French Revolution itself, the one that's commonly called the French Revolution. And it began with radical political and societal change in France that began in the States General of 1789 and ended with the formation of the French Consulate in November of 1799. Many of its ideas are considered fundamental principles of liberal democracy. Now, that being said, anyone who thinks that... I'm going to get off on a side note here. Everyone who has different opinions or different, different, different thoughts on what, on what that can become. It's, it's different. I, I'm, I, I rethought what I was going to say. I don't want to wander off and down that on a tangent just yet, or just at all. So it, the, a lot of what came from it are considered the fundamental principles of what became liberal democracy. While phrases like, lib- li- like liberté, égalité, fraternité reappeared in other revolts, such as the 1917 Russian Revolution, and inspired campaigns for the abolition of slavery and universal suffrage. Its values and the institutions it created dominate France politics to this day. French politics to this day. The causes are generally agreed to be a combination of societal, political, and economic factors which the existing regime proved unable to manage. In May of 1789, widespread societal distress led to the convocation of the Estates General, which which was converted into a national assembly in June. The assembly passed a series of radical measures, including the abolition of feudalism, state control of the Catholic Church, and extending the right to vote. The next three years were dominated by the struggle for political control, exacerbated by economic depression and social unrest. External powers like Australia, like Austria, like Australia, (laughs) external powers like like Austria, Britain, and Prussia viewed the revolution as a threat, leading to the outbreak of the French Revolutionary Wars in April of 1792. Disillusionment with Louis the 16th. I just had to read the Roman numeral because it didn't look right in my head as I was reading it. Louis the 16th led to the establishment of the First French Republic on September 22nd, 1792, followed by his execution in January 1793. In June, an uprising in Paris replaced, replaced the Girondins... G-I-R-O-N-D-I-N-S Girondins, who dominated the National Assembly with the Committee of Public Safety headed by the Maximilian headed by Maximilian Robespierre. This sparked the reign of terror. An attempt to eradicate alleged contra contra revolutionaries by the time it ended in July 1794. <coughs> By the time of that, I should say, by the time of that end in July 1794, 
Over 16,600 had been executed in Paris and in the provinces. As well as external enemies, the Republic faced a series of internal Royalist and Jacobian revolts. In order to deal with these, the French Directory took power in November 1795. Despite a series of military victories, the war caused economic, st economic stagnation and political divisions. In November 1799, the Directory was replaced by the Consulate, which is generally seen as the end of the Revolutionary Period. One of the underlying causes of the French Revolution are gen is generally seen as arising from the failure of the Ancien Regime to manage social and economic inequality. <clears throat> rapid population growth and the inability to, to adequately finance government debt resulting in an economic depression, unemployment, and high food prices. Combined with a regressive tax system and resistance to reform by the ruling elite, it resulted in a crisis Louis XVI proved unable to manage. At the same time, discussion of these issues <coughs> Got a whole little frog in my throat right then. At the same time, discussion of these issues and political dissent had become part of the wider European society, rather than confined to the small elite. This took different forms, such as the English coffeehouse culture, and extended to areas colonized by Europeans, particularly British North America, contacts between diverse groups in Edinburgh, Geneva, Boston, Amsterdam, Paris, London, or Vienna were much greater and much more often appreciated. Transnational elites who shared ideas and styles were not new. What changed was their extent to the and the numbers involved. Under Louis XVI, the court at Versailles was the center of culture, fashion, and political power. Improvements in education and literacy over the course of the 18th century meant larger audiences for newspapers and journals with Masonic lodges, coffee houses, and reading clubs providing areas where people could debate and discuss ideas. The emergence of this public sphere led to Paris replacing Versailles as the cultural and intellectual center of the world, well, of the French world. In addition to these social changes, the French population grew from 18 million in 1700 to 26 million in 1789, making it the most populous state in Europe. Paris had over 600,000 inhabitants, much of whom roughly one-third were either unemployed or had no regular work. Inefficient agricultural methods meant domestic farmers struggled to grow enough food to support these numbers and primitive transportation networks made it hard to distribute what they did produce. As a consequence of this in imbalance, food prices rose by 65% between 1770 and 1790, but wages increased only by roughly, they're saying in the notes here, it's kind of vague, roughly 20 to 22%. Such shortages were damaging for the regime since many blamed price increases on government failure to prevent profiteering. P 
poor harvest throughout the 1780s, culminating in the most severe winter for decades in 1788-1789, created rural peasantry with nothing to sell and an urban proletariat whose purchasing power had collapsed. The other major drag on the economy was state debt. Traditional views of the French Revolution often attribute the financial crisis to the costs of the 1778-1783 Anglo-French War, but modern economic studies show this is only a partial explanation. In 1788, the ratio of debt to gross national income in France was 55.6 compared to 8181.8 in Britain, and although French borrowing costs were higher, the percentage of revenue devoted to interest payments was roughly the same in both countries. One historian concludes neither the level of French state debt in 1788 or its previous history can be considered an explanation for the outbreak of revolution in 1789. The root of the problem lay in the taxation system used to fund government expenditure. While often suggested the, the nobility and clergy were largely exempt from taxes, more recent work argues that the tax burden was in fact shared more equally between the classes than, the, than previously understood, but its assessment and collection were a disaster. Tax rates varied widely from one region to another, often bore, and often bore little or no relation to the principle principles set out in, in official decrees and were col collected inconsistently. It was the bewildering complexity of the system that caused resentment as much as, as much and as high as the level it became. Attempts to make the system more transparent were blocked by the regional parliaments which controlled financial policy. The resulting impasse in the face of widespread economic distress led to the calling of the Estates Generales, which became radicalized by the struggle for the control of public finances. That has all often have to do with me, probably. Sorry, me kind of butchering some of the. I'm trying. I'm trying to pronounce the words as best as I can, because, like I said, I've taken a lot of. I took a lot of French when I was when I, in high school and college. So I can get a lot of the pronunciation somewhat correct and somewhat accurate, as, as accurate as I can get. Because so I know, like I said, I know A N C I E N R R E G I M E. I know that is ancien regime. It's one I've heard that so many times. I kind of kind of got used to hearing what is hearing hearing how it's supposed to be pronounced. And creating a new constitution, assist for France, obviously, assisted by Thomas Jefferson, uh, Lafayette. Uh, I forget Lafayette. I forget. Dang it! I forget his name here. Prepared a draft constitution known as the Declaration of the Rights of Man and of the Citizen, which echoed some of the provisions of the Declaration of Independence. However, France had reached no consensus on the role of the crown. And until this question was settled, it was impossible to create political institutions. When presented to the le le Legislative Committee on July 11th, 
it was rejected by the pragma, pragma, pragmatists, such as Jean's, Jean-Joseph Mornier, pres, president of the assembly, who feared creating expectation, expectations that could not be satisfied. There's a lot of a lot of consistencies and inconsistencies and conflicting evidence and conflicting points that don't seem to like one side was fighting the other one side was fighting this there's this steps there's this stuff that kind of doesn't seem like it was to add up but one of the most famous things of the French Revolution and everyone knows is the storming of the Bastille on July 14th 1789 it's the iconic and everyone knows and I'll put a picture on the I'll include a picture in the Facebook's community in Facebook in the podcast Facebook community. That's what I was trying to say, but stumbled over. <laughs> and I'll, I'll also include a picture of Louis the Sixteenth. So if anyone's curious, please go on to the podcast Facebook community and take a look at that. And there there is a lot here, a lot here about the French Revolution. But I also wanted to touch on what I had mentioned earlier at the beginning. What I had mentioned in the beginning is the the 1848 revolution, which is which is where, like I said, which is where um, Les Misérables was set, and how that and how that became, and it was also it's also known as the February Revolution. It was a series of revolutionary events that ended in the July Monarchy and led to the creation of the French Second Republic. It was part of the wave of it was part of a wave of, of revolutions in 1848 in Europe, following the overthrow of King Louis Philippe in February 1848. The Second Republic was ruled by a provisional government. In the months that followed, this government steered a course that became more conservative, which led to the start on June 1848 of the June Days Uprising. A bloody but unsuccessful rebellion by the Paris workers. In November 1848, a new constitution was implemented. And the next month, Louis, and here's a famous name, Louis Napoleon Bonaparte, Napoleon III, was elected president of the Second Republic. The February Revolution established the principle of the right to work and its newly established government created the national workshops for the unemployed. At the same time, a type of industrial parliament was established as at the Luxembourg Palace under the presidency of Louis Blanc with the object of preparing a scheme for the further organization of l- labor. Ultimately, tensions between liberal Orleanists and radical Republicans and the Socialists led to the June Days Uprising. Under the, under the Charter of 1814, Louis the... I'm just looking at the room again. I'm looking at the room and going, huh? Louis, Louis the... Louis the 18th. I believe it's 18. Louis XVIII. Yeah, I believe it's 18th. Ruled France as the head of the as a head of a constitutional monarchy. Upon Louis the 18th's death, his brother, 
the Count of Artois ascended to the throne in 1824 as Charles X. Supported by the ultra royalists, Charles X was extremely unpopular. Was an extremely unpopular reactionary monarch, whose aspirations were far more grand than those of his deceased brother. He had no desire to rule as a constitutional monarch, taking various steps to strengthen his own authority as a monarch and weaken that of the lower houses. In 1830, Charles X of France, presumably instigated by one of his chief advisors, Jules, Prince de, Pol de Polignac, instituted four ordinances of St. Cloud. These ordinances abolished the freedom of the press. Okay, that, that kind of stunned me when I just read that. Abolished, these ordinances abolished, freedom, abolished freedom of the press, reduced the electorate by 75%, and dissolved the lower houses. This action provoked an immediate reaction from the citizenry, who revolutionized against the monarch during the three, the, during the three glorious days of, 20, of, Ju, of July 26th to 29th of 1830. Charles was forced to abdicate the throne and to flee Paris for the UK. As a result, as a result Louis-Philippe of the Orleanist branch rose to power, replacing the old charter by the Charter of 1830, and his rule became known as the July Monarchy. Nicknamed nickname the Bourgeois Monarchy, Louis-Philippe sat at the head of the the head of a moder moderately liberal state, controlled mainly by educated elites. Supported by the Orle Orleanists, he was, opposed, he was opposed on his right by the Legitimists, former ultra-royalists, and on his left by the Republicans and Socialists. Louis-Philippe was an expert businessman, and by means of his businesses, he had become one of the richest men in France. Still, Louis-Philippe saw himself as the successful embodiment of a small businessman, commonly called in French, petite bourgeoisie. Consequently, he and his government did not look with favor upon, the big upon big businesses, especially the industrial section of the French bourgeoisie. Louis-Philippe did, however, support the bankers, large and small. Indeed, at the beginning of his reign in 1830, Jacques Lafitte, a banker and liberal politician who supported Louis-Philippe's rise to the throne, said, From now on, the bankers will rule. Accordingly, during the reign of Louis-Philippe, the, the privileged financial aristocracy, i.e. bankers, stocker, stock exchange magnates, railroad barons, owners of coal mine, iron ore mines, and forests, all became all, and all landowners associated with them, tended to support him, while the industrial section of the bourgeoisie <coughs> I love it when the costs just sneak up on you for no reason, just bam, right there. So a section of the bourgeoisie, I just lost my place there, which may have owned the land their factory and their fact may have owned the land their factory sat on, but not much more, were disfavored by Louis Philippe and actually tended to side with the middle class and the laboring classes in opposition to him and the charter of the deputies. 
Naturally, land ownership was favored, and this elitism resulted in the disenfranchisement of much of the middle and working classes. By 1848, only about 1% of the population held the franchise. Even though France had, had a free press and trial by jury, only landholders were permitted to vote, which alienated the, petite bourgeois, the petty bourgeoisie and even the industrial bourgeoisie from government. Louis-Philippe was viewed as, a, was viewed as generally indifferent from the needs of society, especially to those members of the middle class who were excluded from the political arena. Early in 1848, some Orleanist liberals such as Adolphe Thiers had turned against Louis-Philippe, disappointed by his, his opposition to par, par, parliamentarianism. Par, parliament... I'm going to sneeze. Here comes the sneeze right, like right at the back of my throat, out of my nose, and I can feel it. I gotta pause for it. There it is. <coughs> Sorry, I'm trying to yank the mic away from my mouth when I do that. A form movement developed in France which urged the government to expand the electoral franchise, just as Great Britain had done with the Reform Act of 1832. The more radical Democrats of the Reform Movement coalesced around the newspaper La Reforme. The more moderate Republicans and the liberal opposition rallied around the rallied around the Le National newspaper. Starting in July 1847, the reformists of all shades began to hold banquets, at which toasts were drunk were drunk to the Repu to the République Française, the French Republic, chanting "Liberté, Égalité, Fraternité," which translated into English, roughly means liberty, equality, and, f and brotherhood. Fraternity means fraternity, or brotherhood. I mean, it, it deliberately, it literally means fraternity, but that can be, you can think that that could mean brotherhood. So that's kind of what that means. Louis-Philippe turned a deaf ear to the reform movement, and discontent among wide sections of the French people continued to grow. Social and political dissent sparked revolutions in France in 1830 and 1848, which in turn inspired revolts in other parts of Europe. Workers lost their jobs, bread prices rose, and people accused the government of corruption. The French revolted and set up a republic. French success led to other revolts including those who wanted relief from the suffering caused by the Industrial Revolution, when nationalism sprang up hoping for independence from foreign rulers. I can't even pronounce this guy's name, I'm going to butcher it. Alexis de, de T-O-C-Q-U-E-V-I-L-E. See, that's one of those long, long written French names that even speaking as well as I do, I'm going to butcher it just by trying to get through as best as I can. I'm just going to butcher it. So I'm not going to try to screw it up. He, he observed, We are sleeping together in a volcano. A wind of revolution blows. The storm is on the horizon. 
Lacking the proper qualifications to vote, the lower classes are about to erupt in revolution. The French middle class watched changes in Britain with interest when Britain's Reform Act of 1832 extended enfranchisement to any man paying taxes of £10 or more per year, France's free press took interest. Meanwhile, economically, the French working class may perhaps have been slightly better off than, the Britain's, working, than Britain's working class. Still, unemployment in France threw skilled workers down to the level of, of the proletariat. The only, the only nominally social law of the July monarchy was passed in 1841. This law prohibited the use of labor of those children under 8 years of age and the employment of children less than 13 years old for nighttime work. This law was routinely flouted. The year 1846 saw a financial crisis and bad harvests, and the following year saw an economic depression. A poor railway system hindered, hindered aid efforts, and the peasant rebellions that resulted were forcefully, forcefully crushed. According to the French, econo According to the French economist Frédéric Bastiat, the poor condition of the railway system can largely be attributed to French efforts to promote other systems of transport, such as carriages. Perhaps a, third, perhaps a third of Paris was on social welfare. Writers such as Louis Blanc and Pierre-Joseph Proudhon pro proliferated a lot of French history. French history is very, very interesting. And a lot is very, it's just very intriguing to try and get into this. And trying, and I know, and I know I might have left a bunch of it out and Try to not touched on what I believe I should have, and what I really, really wanted to, but I did as best I could. <laughs> I tried to tried to touch on it as much as I could and as wanted as I could. And what, like I said, what's very, very interesting is French history is very, very interesting, and the French revolutions are very, very interesting. It's just a great topic to get into and a great topic to try and figure out and try and study. So thank you all for thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for sticking around with me. Stick around for a little bit more in the end here. Wanna check out the best podcast and best YouTube channel out there? True, true friends of this podcast. Check out Fantastic Cruising over on Apple Podcasts and all your favorite podcasting devices and services. Give them a five-star review. Head on over to YouTube. Look up Fantastic Studios. Give them a five-star review and give them comments. They'll love that to death. They are the greatest podcast out there. Give them a shout-out. Want to check out the best travel vlogger and videos anywhere? Go to Atlantic City, Disney, Six Flags, all along the Atlantic City boardwalk, and go to Vegas. Check out the New York channel, N-U-Y-A-W-K, on YouTube. You will be 
thoroughly impressed and thoroughly entertained. You will love every second of what you're seeing. Go to YouTube and check out N-U-Y-A-W-K. You'll love what you're seeing. You'll enjoy every second of it. Want to check out the greatest storytelling podcast out there? On a ride to Hogwarts with Hagrid? Check out Common Room Talk on all the major podcast platforms. Tony tells you a story that will pull you in. You will be impressed and you will love it all the time. Thank you.